Hi, I'm Wyatt. And I'm Grace. And you're listening to Our Dad and your host of the Vacation Rental Revolution podcast. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Vodacy Vacation Rental Revolution podcast. I'm your host, Sean Moore. And today, we're on part two of a three-part series of really diving into our three phases of vacation rental ownership. And that's the acquisition phase, which we covered last week, the setup and management phase, which we're going to cover and talk about today, and then the marketing phase, which we'll cover next week. And so, as always, thanks for joining me. We're going to dive into this this week's episode. And I hope you hope you started, you know, like I said, I hope we got your wheels turning in your head and, and really thinking about, you know, the, we don't just guess at this game, right? We don't just, we take this serious and we really do have a framework and a process that we follow to build profitable vacation rental portfolios. And so, and you, like I said, well, I wanted to put some, you know, a little bit of a framework around what I talk about so often of the acquisition management and marketing phases of this game that we that we play and uh, investing in profitable vacation rentals. And so today, we're gonna dive into the management phase. And really guys, the management phase, there's a lot that goes into the management phase. And I want you to really kind of think about the management phase as our main objective is trying to figure out and curate this unique experience. The, we're, what we're trying to deliver the fairy tale. And that's more than just the property itself. At this stage, you've gone through the acquisition phase and you have a beautiful property that should be able to be profitable. Now, what we're really going to do is we're going we're gonna to curate this amazing guest experience. And that starts with at the very beginning of how are our guests going to be communicated with when they're inquiring about our property? How are they going to be? How are we going to deliver this experience to them when they check in? And that's more again than just having a nice property. It's how are they communicated with? It's what what do they walk into? You know, what is how is the property set up? And we have to do this by really understanding our target audience. And so before we get our management structure in place, we want to figure out what this experience looks like. How are we going to deliver the fairy tale? And so when we got when we start really creating an amazing guest experience, the first thing you have to remember is the difference between a host and a landlord. You're not a host anymore or you're not a landlord, you are a host. And the the big difference is a host is worried about customer service and we're worried about, you know, if our if our customers have a, a great experience or a bad experience that matters to us. A landlord is more. I'm just kind of collecting checks, and not all landlords, but just as a general rule, there's a big difference between a host and a landlord, and you have to really kind of dive in and understand that. And, and we won't dive into all the details of that, but it's a mindset, and it's how you operate this business. Landlords a lot of times are going to put, you know, they're going to furnish a property. If it's a furnished property, a landlord would probably go cheaper because they'll say it's just a rental. It's probably just going to get ruined, which we don't believe that. We, we guard against that. And a host is going to say, how can I deliver the best? I want to go get great, great furnish, uh, furnishings and, uh, and amenities and all these different things. So it's a different mindset. And so you have to get this mindset. And then what we really want to do is we want to identify our target audience. We want to, we want to go into this identifying who we're going to attract. And it's one of the biggest mistakes I see people make when they get into this game is they try to be everything to everybody. And we want to identify 
who our target audience is. I'm going to del- if I can't deliver a fairy tale to a family vacation that has multiple families, you know, multi generational families coming in with a lot of kids. That's going to be a different experience than if I'm trying to create a fairy tale for a romantic getaway for a couple. And so I want to identify who that target audience is. And I really want to challenge you to think and go look at, there's tons of examples across business um, platforms and short-term rentals are no different because they're little businesses, is the riches are in the niches, right? We when you When you identify a target audience and you can create an amazing experience for that audience, you're going to make more money. And so that we really challenge you to do that here. And um, when you're when you're putting this together and delivering this, it just to make it easy on you and you really should be part of your target audience. If you're not part of your target audience, you're going to come flat when it comes to delivering the experience. And then in that third phase, you're going to really fall flat when you try to market to an audience that you don't understand. And so you should be part of that target audience. The next is once you identify your target audience, you need to choose a theme and you want to choose a theme that works for your target audience. And so if it's, you know, and it doesn't have to always be an in-your-face theme. Like let's, I'll use Disney for as an example. It doesn't have to be all a Disney house, right? If, if people are going to the Disney parks, it can be, it can be more subtle and it can be as like through your design. Like it can be more of a spa-like type of an experience and everything's just very thoughtfully curated and that you have a very congruent design theme throughout the property as you put it together. It's not just, it doesn't look like it's just thrown together. And so it doesn't always have to be an in-your-face theme. And I'll give you an example. We have a property that we used to have that was up, it was a, on a lake up in the mountains up by Yellowstone National Park. And there's up by Yellowstone National Park, millions of people visit Yellowstone National Park. Second um, second lar- or uh, most tra- visited national park in the U.S. And so tons of people come there. We're 10 minutes from the from Yellowstone National Park. We didn't set it up for all the Yellowstone visitors, even though that's a great draw for the area. What we did is we were on a lake and we're right in the middle. It's like kind of a, you're, you're like within 20 minutes of five blue ribbon fly fishing streams, fly fishing trout rivers. And so we actually went after the fly fishing crowd and we, we set up the property for fly fishermen. And when they would check in, this is an example of some of the things that you could do to, de- to deliver this experience. When they check in, we'd have a, a box of my favorite flies and I'd have a handwritten note for them. And I would explain to them with a map there with highlights on the map of here's my favorite river this time of year. Here's the log on the river and the bend that I fish around. And here's the flies I use here. And this lake over here is great these times of year. Here's some of the flies for that. And so I would have a note, a map, some of my flies. The property itself was set up with wader dryers and hangers that they could put their hangers on because nobody likes, fishermen don't like to put on wet waders at the end, you know, the next day. So the first day they're dry, they want, they want to put on dry ones at the beginning of each day. We had, um, we had rod holders, fly fishing rods are 10 feet long and they always have to break them in and out when you're going in, when you're traveling. And so we would have rod holders that would mag, uh, there were magnets that could mount on any vehicle and keep their rods together. So different things that we offered didn't cost us a lot of money, but it was a, and it was a small target group of people, but it was a great area for that. And we spoke directly to the fly fishing crowd and, 
even though a lot of people would be like, well, you probably didn't make, you know, that's a small group. I would want to get everybody coming up there. We didn't. We, we targeted a small group of people, set the property up for them, and this property becomes a waitlist only property, and everybody wants to come visit it that's fly fishermen. And they know there's other properties in the area, but they know nothing's set up like ours. And so we stood out in very, you know, because we took the time to deliver this amazing experience. We took the t- time to curate, uh, you know, this unique customer experience and deliver the fairy tale for that group of people. And so if you want to know how you eliminate the competition in a crowded market, you narrow down your target audience, you figure out exactly what they like, and you develop an experience for them. And it can't be duplicated. Nobody's gonna have that same experience. And so what you really wanna design that experience in this phase, that's the very first part of the process. And then you have to deliver the fairy tale, right? Now you've, you've developed this fairy tale, now you've gotta go deliver it. And you don't want to skimp when you do this. You wanna pay attention to the details. You know, if you're going to give some people something, make it nice. And, and when you furnish the property, furnish it with top quality products that fit your target audience, right? It doesn't always, you can have, your target audience can be budget-minded travelers. It doesn't always have to be really expensive. You can do really well targeting budget-minded travelers, but your your setup and your furnishings and everything have to, have to the details have to be paid attention to for that audience. And you always want to go a step above what everybody else is doing in your area. And so, and you know, when you're when you're furnishing the property, you know, we have a very detailed furnishing checklist that we go through of essential items and additional items down to the down to the the utensils in the kitchen. And so you really have to think about all of that because you want at now that you've thought about the, this experience, you've designed this experience. Now you have to go deliver it and you have to figure out, okay, logistically how am i going to set the property up with all the supplies and the big the big uh, key item here is just don't skimp on the details pay attention to all those details and get it all set up and and that's going to you know once that's all set up then you then you've got to set to and put together your operations team somebody's got to deliver this and that's when we dive into kind of the management options and as you start to say okay how who's going to deliver this if you guys have listened to me long enough, I don't manage my own properties. I don't have an interest in that because it takes a lot of time. Delivering the experiences in the fairy tale that I set up, it takes some time. And I don't want to create a second job. I didn't buy these properties to create a second job. I wanted them to be lifestyle assets. And and because of that, I need to I need to put together and hire a management partner. And we talked about those management partners in the in the previous week in that acquisition phase because we lean on them. But there's three really main management options. First is self-management. I don't recommend that for most people. I don't frankly think that most people do a good job of delivering the fairy tale. I feel like that if they have time and that's what they're built and, and they enjoy it, then they do an amazing job typically. And but but most people don't have the time to to to, um, to dedicate to managing short-term rentals, especially if you get more than a couple properties. And, and especially if those properties are in different markets, you're gonna, you're gonna be run too thin. There's economies of scale when it comes to management. And you have to have those boots on the ground people. Remember I said it's a hyper-local business that you, you want somebody there. You want that 24-7 concierge. You want somebody that can just deliver 
this this amazing experience that you've put together. You took the time to think about this. You took the time to furnish it correctly and set it up correctly. Now you need somebody to deliver that. And I I don't suggest self management unless you're close to the property, and you and you enjoy doing that, and you enjoy you know being able you know logistically being able to check in and check out, and and you have the time to do that, and you're close there. Then then possibly it works. But so that's your first option: self management. The second option is a hybrid model. And many of you have probably, if you've seen my ads, if you've seen us online anywhere and you're interested in short-term rentals, you know, Facebook and Google and everybody else knows exactly what you're doing. So you've probably seen companies like Evolve and read, you know, Evolve's probably the biggest national one out there that's the hybrid model, right? They they always advertise 10% management, but what they do is they really, they do part of it and you have to do part of it. And what Evolve does is Evolve does the the marketing they do your bookings they do your check-ins your checkouts they take your money and reservations and deposits and all that stuff so they communicate with the guest but they're not they don't have boots on the ground people in all of the areas and so you have to now you have to layer on your cleaners and your maintenance people those are going to be your two major people that you're going to partners that you're going to be hiring that are boots on the ground to go in and clean the property and then set that property up for the next guest coming in. And then if you have any maintenance issues, you want to make sure you have a, a good maintenance person to take care of that as well. And so that's a hybrid model where you do part of it, management company does part of it. And then the third model is full service management. And a full service management company's job is to do everything, right? They're, they're, they're there to say, okay, here's the keys to our property. We bought the property. Now you go do it. They actually do your marketing. They will. They do all the check-ins and check-outs and guest bookings, and they do the cleaning and the maintenance and everything. They do from start to finish. The what the key here is when you're hiring a management company, and this is the model that I uh, that I recommend and that I do, is is full service management. But the key is not all full service management companies are created equal, just like everything else. And you want to work with a full service property management company that is willing to work with you to deliver the experience that you want delivered. Because most of them are gonna operate in the middle of the road. They're gonna operate like everybody else does. They, they're not interested in targeting a specific audience. They're not interested in going that extra mile, most of them. And so it takes a little bit of time to find the ones that are willing to do that. But when they do, what they do is they become worth their weight in gold because now they're really delivering this fairy tale together with you and that you took so much time to set up. And that's how you end up standing out in crowded markets. That's how you end up with five-star reviews across the board. It's how you end up starting to become waitlist only properties because everybody wants to come back. And ultimately, it's how you maximize the asset. And so this phase, this part of the game is get curating the unique customer experience, getting it set up, to deliver the fairy tale and then having a partner that can help deliver that to your customers over and over and over again. And so it's more than just saying, okay, I'm gonna hire a management company or I'm gonna set up set my property up on Airbnb or whatever, or manage it myself. You have to again take all these steps of the process and put it together so that you're ready to go to market. And you don't want to be ready to go to market until you've taken the time to do this because even though it takes more time, it takes more time on the front end. I always tell people this game is really front end loaded. You're going to spend a lot of time on the acquisition phase. You're going to spend a lot more time on the, the setup and management phase. But then when you go to market and you get everything set up, these become very turnkey properties if, if set up correctly and they can become very, very profitable. But you don't just come out of the gates 
really profitable. You'll when you talk to people that own this, if you went and talked to 100 people that own short-term rentals, 20 of them are probably really profitable, and most of them are probably break-even, and then you know another 20 of them are losing money and they don't like the game. So it's not it's not the same across the board. And there's a big difference between the average and the top properties. We want to operate at the top end. And so all these things I'm telling you and all these things that we believe in, uh, kind of our view of this world is this is what we do to operate at the top end of any market and really maximize our assets. So guys, I hope that's helpful. We're going to wrap this part of it up, the management part. But I wanted to, again, talk to you about a few of the things we do in the management phase of building our portfolio so that you're saying, okay, yeah, okay, Sean, this is great. I, I go through this acquisition phase. I'm going to go to the management phase. Next week, we're going to talk about the marketing phase and really maximizing our asset and adding fuel to the fire of, of our portfolio so that we can continue to do this over and over again. So guys, thanks as always for joining me. If you got any value out of this episode, share it with somebody you know. Look us up on social, at Moore on Instagram, and we're on Facebook as well. If you have any questions, post them in there. We'll get the answer on these podcasts. And uh, as always, thank you, thank you, thank you. Make it a great day. And we'll talk to you next week about marketing your short-term vacation rental. Talk to you guys soon. Cheers. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Vacation Rental Revolution podcast. Share this with other people you think need to hear about it. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. Hey Grace, is there a website? Yes! For more amazing content and expert advice, visit bodicey.com. Thanks for listening and we'll see you on the next episode.